Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. This is Inspiring Women, and I am Lori McGraw. Make sure to subscribe to Inspiring Women so that you can hear stories every week from incredible women who are aiming to make their impact on the world. This week, episode 114, I'm speaking with Kernan McCarthy and Natalie Stutt here actually in Big Sky, Montana, where they moved from New York to Montana to begin their work in nonprofit. And as both a Gen Z and a millennial, COVID changed everything for them, both how they thought about work, where they wanted to live, and the impact that they intend to make on the world. Now, you're going to hear about the perspectives of Gen Z and Millennial. You'll hear about their nonprofit, Wellness in Action, which provides mental health and behavioral resources for the residents of Big Sky, Montana. It's a tourist destination, but for the thousands of people who live here, those resources are not always accessible or affordable, and Wellness in Action is looking to change that. Now, Kernan and Natalie, they'll also talk about just how they think about work and professionally, how it's different than perhaps the generations of their parents. But make no mistake, take work-life balance is not the same as not taking their work seriously, which they do. So again, don't forget to subscribe to Inspiring Women. Now, let's hear from Kernan and Natalie. This is Inspiring Women, and I am Lori McGraw, and today I am very excited because I am speaking with two local new friends of mine who are operations manager and program manager at uh, Wellness in Action, which is a local nonprofit here in Big Sky, Montana. And so I am going to be speaking with Kiernan McCarthy and Natalie Stute, and they are two natives from New York who actually moved to Montana to do their nonprofit work after their um, degrees as they graduated from different colleges in New York. I'm really excited to be speaking with both of you, Karen and Natalie, and thank you for being on Inspiring Women. Yeah, thank you for, thank you for having us. Thank you. All right. So this is your first podcast, both of you. I'm also excited about that. And, you know, we're going to be talking to um, you about sort of, you know, why you chose a life of community service and nonprofits as the beginnings of your professional careers um, after college. I want to get a bit of background from both of you. And also as both like Gen Z, late millennials, just sort of, you know, what are your attitudes about um, your professional careers? Um, You know, here we are in Montana. It is freezing here. I'm actually um, just, it's above zero. So it's actually getting warmer, um, but it's actually freezing as we're talking um, today. But why don't we get started, like I always do on Inspiring Women with what are you doing right now, today? What does your day-to-day look like? And maybe Natalie, we can start with you. Sure. Um, I mean, my my day-to-day 
right now. Um, you know, we're kind of rolling out um, a few projects right now, um, getting together our numbers for our annual report to send that out to um, our mailing list and subscribers and, um, you know, kind of getting all the books together to make sure we're filing our taxes and um, kind of preparing for some summer events that we have coming up. Um, as an operations manager, is does your job, and, and we're going to talk about wellness in action, we're going to talk about the nonprofit and what you do, but does the day-to-day -day job entail everything and anything um, for what you do, or is it more predictable than that? I There are some things that are predictable. I mean, I manage our accounts, um, so certainly doing some account work every day, uh, um, but it's definitely it definitely changes every day. It's kind of a jack-of-all-trades kind of a job. Um so it, I think from, depending on projects that we have going on, I could be working on one thing all day or I'll be bouncing around between a couple of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. And Karen, and what about you? What does your day-to-day -day look like? Um, I'm the programs manager. So currently I am actually working on a new program that will hopefully be coming online very soon. Um, I've been attending the training for that as the supervisor of the program for uh, through a grant we have. And my last session for that is tomorrow. And then today I've just been working on getting some of those onboarding documents for the people that we're gonna hire for those positions um, together. So onboarding and just, you know, so you manage people as part of what your job at uh, Wellness in Action, is that right? Correct. Yeah. We haven't hired those folks yet, um, but eventually, yes, I will be managing people. And needing to learn how to hire good people and train them and all that stuff. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to kind of go through that process. It will be my first time bringing people into an organization. So I'm glad to be part of that. And we've got a great board of directors currently who will be supporting me through that process as well. Yep. And it's also a little bit nervous, right? You know, there's a big responsibility. It's, ah, do I get the right person? Or, you know, what do I think about that? And, you know, you're making big choices in terms of when someone selects a job. But let's talk, let's talk a little bit about wellness in action, you know, the nonprofit that you both um, work at. And so Karen, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what the nonprofit is and what it does and, you know, how it interacts with the community? Yeah, absolutely. So we're a nonprofit that focuses on mental and behavioral health resources. So we're trying to make them more accessible and affordable to the community. Being in Big Sky, Montana, a lot of people have heard of it as a tourist destination, but we're about an hour from the closest city of Bozeman. Um, so it's pretty hard to get the right care. Um, if you have to go to Bozeman for an hour appointment, it's two hour drive there and back. So it's a three hour chunk out of your day. So it's pretty hard for folks to get that into their work schedule. Um, so we've got a platform that we've partnered with six counselors and one pediatric neurologist, and we give them free office space here in Big Sky so that they have they can have space to meet with clients here rather than in Bozeman or someplace else in Montana. And then we also offer sliding scale funding. So to make it a little more affordable since the cost of seeing a counselor clinician can be a little pricey for some people and due to all the inflation and everything that we've had, just trying to make it so more people are able to access those services. Yeah, and I had a great opportunity to visit your new facilities, which are absolutely gorgeous, right? You know, and just, um, just very, you know, on the main one highway that we have that connects 
Bozeman and Big Sky. And, you know, for listeners, you might um, be familiar with the TV series Yellowstone, which is quite popular. And, um, you know, it all looks really beautiful. But, you know, here um, in Big Sky, where there's lots of skiing, and as you said, um, Karen, it's, it's a tourist destination, but the, there are many people who work here to um, support uh, this economy. And quite frankly, um, it's not very affordable for many mm -hmm. people. And that makes it very difficult to, you know, to travel to an affordable grocery store is over an hour um, away from this destination. So other services like what Wellness in Action provides are so important. Natalie, do you know, I mean, since you're working on the annual report and the numbers and those um, kinds of things, uh, like how many people do you serve? How many um, people take advantage of what, what um, Wellness in Action offers? So I believe this year we've had um, She's checking her notes. I see her checking her notes. I yeah. can speak to this a little bit because I'm the one that pulled the, most of those. Um, we've got about 140 clients that we've seen um, through our counseling services. We've got a couple partnerships with different organizations. So overall, about 140 there. And then we also have scholarship opportunities for people in town for to send their kids to camp or just other well-being or educational enrichment opportunities. And that totals probably somewhere around 50 to 60 individuals um, or families that we've served through those. And that's also from a population, just it, again, just to give listeners an orientation, a population of just a couple thousand people who live um, in the Big Sky community. Okay, well, so um, well, maybe let's go back to both of you. So Natalie, for you, um, you know, first of all, you know, New York, you went to college, you have a degree in what is it, economics and philosophy um, from the City College of New York, which is a great degree. You're an out doors kind of person. And then you came to Montana. What brought you here? I, I, so I graduated college and, um, I was working in the service industry in New York and I wanted to do something different. And my, my mother has been out here, um, for, for now five years and she suggested I spend a summer and I came out here and loved it. And, um, it's been three and a half years and, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I found I, I really like the pace of life in Montana and I mean, you can't beat our beautiful scenery and outdoors life. Yeah, it is cold though. I'm just going to say it's, su it's super, it's super cold. I've been trying to warm up um, all day. So it wasn't just watching Yellowstone and thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm heading out to Montana. It was actually seeing it for yourself and um, then staying here. And then what about what drew, drew you into doing nonprofit work coming from the service industry? I've, I've always been interested in, in nonprofit work. And, um, I think it was a career change I always wanted to make. Uh, and this opportunity came up last April. Um, and it was, I originally started part-time and I just loved it and, you know, grew into, I was started out as an administrative assistant and really grew into the role and became operations manager, um, just this past fall. Yep. Well, congratulations on that. That's awesome. Karen, what about you? What brought you out here? Um, similar to Natalie, I graduated college and then I graduated college in December 2019. And about six weeks later, the COVID pandemic hit and my office job turned into a working from home job. Uh, I was 21 at the time, living with my parents and 
worked from home for about a year and knew I needed a change to kind of live my life in my 20s. So just picked Montana. Uh, I started summer 2021 up in Glacier National Park working there and then came to Big Sky last winter to continue working um, in the service industry and then transitioned into this role this past fall as well. Um, but I just love being outside, hiking, skiing, all of that. I grew up doing with my family um, and knew I've always wanted to live in a place like that. So just kind of took the jump and did it. Yeah. Well, what's it like, sort of like, you know, having to move back home with your parents during COVID with your first job? Is it just like so awesome? Like when my son moved me with like the fun parents or was it absolute misery? Like my son would tell me every <laughs> single day that he was here living with us. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's misery. I'm very grateful that my parents let me <laughs> stay with them. Um, and Like my mom cooked me delicious food and everything, but it's definitely not the ideal environment for someone who's trying to grow into themselves and kind of learn about their own interests and everything. Um, definitely a little stifling of an environment, but not overall miserable. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. So this is a sort of like, you know, this is the generation you are both in sort of, you know, as young professionals and, and coming out of college with whatever your big aspirations are finishing college um, during the COVID years. It's, um, you know, the 20s are times of just incredible social explosion and interaction. And, you know, it's two years that have really been um, dramatically different um, for you. So how do you think about that? It, it, do you think about that as, you know, there's a lot of discussion about just the um, anxiety and, you know, perhaps depression or anything, or just, you know, just not really certain about what you might want to pursue. What has your experience um, been? And sort of, you know, how do you think about um, these COVID years as you think about your young adult years? Again, I'll just turn to you first, Natalie. Yeah, I mean, I I was working at um, one of the small grocery stores in town uh, during the lockdown and pandemic, and um, it was definitely a, a really challenging experience, and I think was a big motivator for me to eventually like leave the service industry. It definitely it definitely changed my uh, perspective on what I wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. I you know I do enjoy interacting with people. And I, I think parts of this job are definitely very public facing. Um, but, you know, I felt like I was at this point where I really wanted to test my skills in something different and um, kind of challenge myself in a new way. And, did you uh, have before before COVID hit, did you have sort of like, you know, clear ideas of what you intended to do that were just um, dramatically changed? Or did you not have clear ideas? I know when I was, you know, your age way back, back a million years ago, you know, I was just sort of bumbling along and didn't have something sort of clobber my, you know, life trajectory um, in the middle. Did, what, what, what were you thinking, you know, before COVID um, and then just having to grapple with the reality of being in that environment. You're you're an essential worker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I think before that, you know, I was interested in kind of um, going, you know, getting into a management position at that company, and um, you know, learning more about running a small business, and um, you know, kind of having those those kind of experiences. Um, 
learning about management. And I don't think I had a particularly clear idea. I've always been interested in pursuing my master's in social work, um, which is still um, kind of a goal that I have. um, But, you know, for the most part, I was just kind of enjoying Big Sky and enjoying Big Sky life and um, learning how to ski. And, you know, I think I think COVID definitely um, pushed me to really think about what I wanted to do long-term and start to create a plan for myself mm-hmm. um, for what my, you know, what the next few years is going to look like. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Karen? I didn't have any set plans that kind of got derailed with the pandemic. I think it happened so quickly after I graduated college that my plan initially was just to get a job and kind of save up some money because I've always considered grad school as well. I just wanted to get more experience in different fields before kind of deciding to make that financial commitment to attend grad school somewhere. Um, and then once COVID happened, I kind of just stayed where I was to kind of get through it. And then eventually was like, no, I'm not happy. Like time to, for a new challenge. Um, and I've ended up here, but yeah, it was definitely a challenging time to live through um, just all the uncertainty, not knowing whether it was safe to go outside, whether it was safe to talk to my friends outside or go to see them at their house, anything like that. Um, but yeah, I think it all worked out <laughs> in the end. Yeah. And do you feel, do you, do you both feel sort of like, you know, on the other side, like back to the normal social circles, professional social circles, all of those kind of things, or is it still evolving, you know, evolving with time? I think that we're about to declare that the COVID national emergency is over. The president is about to declare that if, if it hasn't been declared already. Um, but I don't know, there's still a lot of masks in lots of places and we still get the counts every day on the newspapers. So what, what do you seeing? What's your experience? Um, I mean, I think, I think we're, you know, we're definitely through, through the hard, you know, we're through the hard part where I think we're on the other side. Um, I think it will, I think COVID has increased our awareness as a, you know, as people that um, just about, you know, illnesses and kind of being courteous to the people around you. Um, you know, I, I think I'll probably still wear a mask if I have a cold and just out of respect for those around me. Um, but I, I'm definitely happy to see things returning to normal, being able to go visit my family and, um, you know, see the people that I care about Yeah, scattered all over. I agree. It definitely feels like we're coming out of a darker time into some light, um, especially coming from New York to Montana. It's very different demographics and population and everything. Um, and the restrictions were very intense in New York. Like you couldn't go out to eat without showing like vaccination status and things like that. And when I first came to Montana, I road tripped across the country with my dad and we could see the progression, like the more expansive states were definitely more relaxed with everything. Um, and I think like Natalie's saying, it's still good to be cautious and considerate, but 
it is nice to be able to get back to some activities from pre-COVID times. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit more about wellness in action because, you know, the services of your organization, you know, are um, to deal with behavioral and mental health um, types of services. There's been lots of discussion in this post-pandemic or uh, time about, you know, uh, uh, just mental health crises of, you know, all different um, angles. So, so um, is the need for the services higher? What are you seeing? Um, is it is it sort of there's a level of intensity that you're dealing with? Do you feel like these are really helpful services? Um, how long have you been doing it? Natalie, you've been doing it for two years there at Wellness in Action. Is that I, right? I, I came on um, just this last April and oh, okay. mostly part-time, you know, probably averaging around 30 hours a week until October. Yeah, um, when I came on full time. Yeah, and Kearney, are you are you similar to this kind of time frame, a little bit longer? Or? I started October first, uh, full time. Okay, so, okay, yeah. so, so you're both, both like, yeah, kind of new and sort of yeah. forming a forming what's happening. So are the services growing? Is it becoming? I mean, you're doing a grant right now and getting ready for some new hires. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say services in the past year have grown. Just looking at client numbers and total number of counseling hours from last year were up. I don't know the percentage, but we're up from last year. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily COVID related, but we've expanded our capacity. We've added four counselors, um, increased our funding to the sliding scale. So we just have more ability to contribute to people's like financial cost of seeing a counselor and everything. Um, I don't know if that's why, but I definitely think we've seen an increase in use of our services. Do you have to turn people away or does or have you been able to keep up with the need that you're seeing in terms of people who seek the services? Currently, we have had to turn people away. The six counselors that we've got contracts with, all of them are at capacity, um, which isn't uncommon in the mental and behavioral health realms, but most of them keep wait lists and try to get people in as quickly as possible. But there's a, a lot of great resources in Bozeman that we do refer people to if we aren't able to meet their needs. Um, so kind of approaching our limits currently. Yep. Yep. Well, it's a great space to be in. It's obviously a helpful service and, you know, that you are at capacity and referring, um, ones out that just shows that you're actually contributing um, to both this community as well as being helpful for the overflow. Let's go back to the generational sort of questions for the two of you. And I, you know, said at the start before we started that you're sort of representing your um, younger generation, younger to me generation. Um, So lots of talk about Gen Z and late stage millennials in terms of, you know, what they're looking for and always the older generations. That's me. Um, We think that you are not hardworking. We think that you are, you don't have big career goals. Are we right or are we wrong? What do you think? Um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. I think it's, you know, probably to some degree it happens with every generate, you know, if there's a generational gap um, that there's going to be you know, talk of, oh, that's this new generation. They don't, they don't understand they're lazier, but I think, um, I think it's a misunderstanding about approach, um, and approach to work and what, 
what people of our generation are really looking for um, in terms of like quality of life and um, overall work-life balance. You know, I am, I was in the service industry for 10 years and I've worked with all different kinds of folks, some who are older than me, some my same age. And, you know, I think it really is just person to person. You know, I've worked with some incredibly hardworking people my age who, you know, will grind together as a team and make things happen. Um, but I, I think like the trend of like quiet quitting, you know, is a big topic, um, these days. And, um, I think watching our parents have, you know, very challenging work lives where they're working 60 hours a week, they're working 80 hours a week and kind of seeing the strain that that had, um, on, on their lives and on their mental health. And I think for a lot of people my age, it's, you know, after seeing people, after seeing our parents go through that, it's like, well, we wanted something different. We want, we want to be able to do a good job and to really, um, embody the work that we're doing, but don't want it to sacrifice our, our own mental health or our own sense of satisfaction in other areas of our lives. Um, it's so interesting. Cause I, I agree with you. I don't think it's sort of like, you know, laziness. I think that's not the right thing. And I think this quiet quitting thing is also sort of an interesting term. I'm not a fan of it. I think, um, you know, the people that I see, you know, out there, they're working very hard and they take their careers, um, very, very, um, seriously, but that, but that balance is a different part of, um, the equation, which I will just say, speaking for myself, you know, that wasn't part of the norm when I was starting out what people um, would talk about. But so work-life balance is a priority and mental health in terms of what that means um, for you. Karen, and what about for you? How do you think about just professionally, you know, what, what your priorities might be? I would agree with Natalie on that. I think having a good balance is crucial. If you're working 12 plus hours a day and on your weekends, how are you going to have time to recharge to then come back into the office and do a good job while you're there. Um, I think like being able to have time to do what you want during your whole life and not just wait until retirement is really awesome. Um, we live on such a beautiful planet, especially here in Big Sky where you're so close to um, so many resources. Natalie and I were able to switch to a 410 schedule. So we both have three days off now, which has been great for getting skiing more or camping when the weather is a little bit warmer. Um, I just think that, and it all ties into mental health as well. Like if you can have the time to recharge and take care of yourself, um, you're only going to be better once you go to do your job. Um, and I agree with Natalie, like I've seen my parents grind in New York city and the New York metropolitan area for 30 plus years and it's taxing to do that and commute that those long distances and everything um and I think that they are working hard but that's not to say we're not also working hard I think that when we come into the office we're ready to do our job and put in time researching programs that would fit well with the community and make those partnerships with community members and talk to community members about what they're going through so that we can have really good targeted programming um but yeah I definitely think having that balance is 
very crucial to us because some of my best friends they've gone into five six year masters and doctorate programs and are very on track with their careers and love their careers and are so dedicated to their work um, but they also like want to make sure they have time for family and friends and just doing what they enjoy. So bringing it back to just how you think about, you know, professionally, you've chosen for now the, um, you know, nonprofit service space um, and helping others. What do you think about for yourselves professionally, you know, the next five or 10 years, Karen, and what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about it, you know, in those kinds of time time slots for what you might want later um, as your prof- professional career grows? I think I haven't set any specific goals, but I would definitely, I've only been at WIA for like four months or so. So I'd love to stay here a while and just really be able to implement some important programs for the community. Um, I think the more time I spend here, the more that will kind of feed into whether or not I want to pursue a more clinical uh, master's degree or something like that and go into counseling or social work or just a different field um but I think currently I'm just happy where I'm at to work with WIA and continue to grow great Natalie what are you thinking um so I um I've been eyeing this uh, master's program for a couple of years and it's um master's in social work as a human rights profession and it's this international program in Berlin uh Germany and so I think right now you know working at WIA and what I'm doing right now will help me build my resume and my knowledge of nonprofits actually having that um that experience on the ground you know learning how how to run a nonprofit how you know um what kind of programs are going to be effective and help the community and then you know eventually apply to that program and um it it's a it's a research based program that looks at more macro social issues so hopefully after after that um you know progress to uh you know find a job that either i'm informing policy or you know uh running a nonprofit or um you know, helping the community in some way, but I'm, I'm definitely interested in um, not just helping person to person, but how can we structure our communities and our society to um, make, make it more livable for folks and, you know, provide the things that, um, that people need. Well, it's really great to hear from both of you, just, you know, how you're thinking about just your professional career and how that needs to fit in and incorporate with your life, your life balance, your both outdoors focus, and clearly your mission focus and wanting to help others um, in material ways is coming through. So I really appreciate that. You know, we've been going through a lot of things and taking up a lot of time as we close out on this inspiring women conversation. I've really loved uh, hearing from both of you. Any sort of like last words of wisdom or personal mantras that you live your life by and make your decisions by um, that you might just share with other listeners. Um, We have lots of younger listeners who are just getting started in their careers and they'll probably be really interested to hear what both of you have to say. Karen, why don't you tell us what you would like to close with? I don't have a specific mantra, but I would just say keep trying new things. Um, Take those chances and risks. You never know where you'll end up because usually it'll work out for you. Awesome. Natalie? 
I would say trust your gut. Um, you know, that's probably going to be the, the best advice I can give. If, um, I I've made some pretty big decisions in my life and by trusting my gut and they've led me here and, um, led me to this like beautiful place. Well, fantastic. And I have really appreciated just speaking with both of you. And I just also want to reference that, you know, we talked about the hard work. I met both of you and it was late at night and you were both working really hard at WIA opening that brand new facility. So thank you both for the work that you're doing in this community and helping the lives of so many. This has been a great inspiring women conversation. I've been speaking with Karen and McCarthy and Natalie Stude and Kiernan and Natalie. Thank you both so much. Thank Thank you. you. It was great speaking with you today. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.